Welcome to Body Signals, the Cygnos podcast. I'm your host, Bill Tanser, Chief Data Scientist at Cygnos. This is Season 1, Episode 11, Spicing It Up, a conversation with Michael Mansour, founder and spice advocate at Convivial Spice. For most, losing weight translates to not eating the food you love or somehow depriving yourself. We hope this episode changes your mind. While it's true for optimal health and stable glucose graphs, you should eliminate processed foods, added sugars, and sugary beverages, it doesn't mean you can't eat incredibly tasty food. Whether you want to try fresh spices or just experiment with the spices you can find at your local grocery store, I hope this episode inspires you to bring back flavor on your weight loss journey. Now on to the show. Welcome to Body Signals. We're very excited for today's episode. We have Michael Mansour joining us. He's the founder and spice advocate at Convivial Spice. Michael, welcome to our show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You know, I want to start off by talking a little bit about your background because you've got a fascinating background. As I understand it, you were in Wall Street and somehow made the switch to spice. (laughs) And I just want to find out how in the world did that happen? Yeah. It, well, it wasn't a, a like one day I was you know, <laughs> trading credit derivatives and the next day I'm uh, finding garlic. Uh, but uh, it, it's kind of been a long, steady get there. Uh, it started uh, when I moved to Los Angeles from New York and I moved to Los Angeles and I was doing finance out uh, on the West Coast. And I realized I have no hobbies and in California, you have all this great weather, and um, I, I had a—I was fortunate enough to have a pool and a, and a barbecue, and so I would host people all the time and start barbecuing. And then I realized my passion for you know something I was really passionate about was barbecuing and smoking meat and uh, and bringing friends together and 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 cooking and. Over time, I started making rubs and spice blends and really jumping into it, doing competitions and because uh, everything has to be a competition. Uh, and so in doing these competitions, y- you start to really develop your own personal flavor profiles, what you like. You see what other people are using. You see what wins, what doesn't. And at the end of the day, there's you know only three real factors in what makes good barbecue. It's, you know, the meat, the seasoning and the, the process, the cooking process. It was just one of those things I just kept doing. And I had friends, uh, get married and they asked me to make them a spice blend, uh, as you know, for, for, you know, for their wedding. And so I kind of took it to heart, started really researching, you know, what are the ingredients I'm putting in? I wanted to uh, reflect both of their personalities, where they're from. Uh, one, uh, one, one was uh, one of the the bride was from Northern California. The groom was from uh, North Carolina. So both have very great uh, heritages in terms of flavors. Uh, North Carolina barbecue, of course, and and California has all these great flavors and. Uh, so then I started looking, okay, well, let me get some garlic from California and let me get, you know, let me start getting these ingredients together. And in doing so, I realized I couldn't really find 
garlic powder that was grown in California. Um, and then you, you delve and you find a little bit here, a little bit there, but then you look a little bit further and I realized that it's processed in California and not grown really in California. Uh, and I, I didn't, you know, again, this, it wasn't my focus. Finance was my focus. And so, uh, I didn't do much with it. And as a thank you for the, the, the blend, they, they opened up a little, uh, online store for me. And, uh, I started convivial with the focus originally of, you know, finding American grown spices, yeah, it's 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 really interesting. I want to stop for a second because I was just before we recorded this, I did a quick errand run and went to Whole Foods <laughs> and was walking through the spice aisle and I was looking for something that was like fresh spice. But what I was seeing was what I see in almost every grocery store. And to your point that there are only a few players in the spice world you can get fresh almost anything at Whole Foods these days. You know, I've I've seen this trend happen over years of um, of so many different SKUs coming out that are catering to getting back to the basics. You know, things that are grass fed in terms of beef and and coffees. There's you know instead of just like ten or fifteen coffees now at Whole Foods, there's like forty, fifty coffees. Yet the spices are pretty much the same yeah. and as i imagine they've probably been sitting on the shelves <laughs> for a while yeah I, i'm incredulous that there aren't more fresh spice purveyors i'm um, hopeful you know that it stops with us <laughs> but uh, uh it sounds like there's a challenge and what you you i i guess what you're getting to is it's kind of a price challenge because you're competing against uh against vendors overseas that are grounding them much cheaper labor prices, much cheaper crop prices. Uh, so you're competing against that. There's going to be a premium, but I don't know in this world, I think that there's people and I definitely, after trying your spices, I'm willing to pay a premium for, uh, for what you're producing because it just, it's almost like opening up a whole new world when you start consuming some fresh spices. One of the reasons I, I wanted to have you on the show is that a lot of the people listening to this podcast are interested in weight loss. And in the process, when we're trying to lose weight, we're giving up some things like sugar, for example, and artificial, uh, not artificial sweeteners, but um, a lot of processed foods. We're, we're giving up those things and we're getting back to whole foods but what if we can make those whole foods taste even better with fresh spices? And that's kind of the discovery that I made that I get really excited about food, even though it doesn't have some of the things I'm used to having that aren't good for me. Yeah. So I get the best of both worlds, right? Exactly. And, you know, it's if you have a, a chicken breast or chicken thighs and you're you're roasting them in the oven, uh, the flavor that you add to it is what if you put nothing on it it tastes like just nothing if you put just salt and pepper it tastes like salt and pepper you start putting old spices and things like that it it doesn't pop and then like when when i was making barbecue and and grinding spices down and making your own blends you start tasting and you really start to feel the 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 um the vibrancy 
of of great tasting spices and it and it just pops and it makes makes yes. things better and, and i had no idea you had that background in barbecue uh, <laughs> we have something in common because up in in the bay area i was known as the meat guy i had a big green egg my smoker oh wonderful. and i was doing briskets i had like a a lawn chair with a cooler with some beer i would <laughs> spend like 17 18 hours exactly. smoking a brisket and you're right it's it's for me it was um the product i was cooking was important the uh, wood that I was using to smoke, and I would use a combination of hickory woods and some oak. And then it was the spice rub. And and maybe the spice rub was one of the most important things. But at the time, I didn't know convivial spice. I don't think convivial spice even existed at that time. I was just using the store-bought prices. I married a vegan in 2016, which (laughs) in the words of Samuel Jackson from Pulp Fiction kind of makes me a vegan. (laughs) Um, so now I'm smoking jackfruit and eggplants to make baba ganoush, but there's still that opportunity to use those spices. But I'm, I'm so happy to hear that you have that background in barbecue. I think, you know, I, I wasn't thinking this before, but I think it's a mindset that we share, which is, um, barbecue is really about deconstructing things, going down to the basics and finding ways to just improve taste even though it may cost extra time and effort to improve that taste, people that barbecue as a hobby are willing to make that investment. And I think that is like kind of the mindset you have with spices is that, yeah, it's going to cost you a little bit more to get something fresh, but it's going to taste so much better. It's worth it. Exactly. It costs more time, more effort to make these spices, but well, it's going like- to be worth it. As you said, you're sitting in front of the, you're sitting next to that that green egg for 18 hours, shoveling and making sure the temperature is perfect. Like you're, you know, your your paprika, <laughs> you know, should, should should kind of reflect that and shouldn't be five years old, um, right? <laughs> yeah, and funny you should mention that I um, my wife she's uh, half Persian and half Hungarian. Mm-hmm. And the first person I sent your spices to was her mom, who's Hungarian. They call it paprika. Mm -hmm. And when she tasted it, she's like, this is what we had in the old country. This is what I remember. And and I guess she just just grown accustomed to using the paprika that's in the stores. But to have something that was freshly ground uh, really made a difference. But yeah, I, I found in... Uh, since moving to LA and assimilating into the, both of those cultures, the Persian culture and the Hungarian culture, I've also found how important spices are. That I was, um, you know, aside from barbecue, when I was cooking anything else, it was pretty much salt and pepper to season food. Yeah. I, and I think a lot of people might be guilty of this, uh, especially people like me that get addicted to recipes. If you don't have something in a recipe, you don't use it. And what's changed for me is that I now I'm just tasting spices on their own and figuring out where I want to put them versus waiting for a recipe to say you need sumac yeah. in this, which I didn't even know what sumac was until uh, so actually just a, a few weeks ago. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. goes great in uh, kefta kebabs. Mm-hmm. You know, you put a lot of sumac in there. Of course, I use Impossible Burger. And I, yeah. I put a lot of sumac in there and you can hardly taste the difference. But yeah, I, I, yeah, great that you mentioned paprika, one of my other favorite spices. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Like the, the other thing too that I found with the, 
the barbecue and the barbecue cultures, you know, you go to these competitions and, you know, everyone has their own spice blend that they have that they'd sell in their plastic, uh, you know, shaker. And you look at the ingredients and it says, you know, salt is the first thing. And then, you know, all the other ingredients and, and you don't really know what's in it. Sometimes they'll just say, add spices. <laughs> and you're like, what? Yeah. Okay. What? okay, your secret recipe is, is secret, but you know, what's really in it. And, uh, that was the other thing that I, I'm like, I, 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 this, I, I'm like, if I ever had a spice company, <laughs> and, which I do now, I want everyone to know what's in it. And uh, we list on our spice blends, you know, things that are not just pure, you know, single spice. Uh, we list the percentages. So, you know, as a consumer, what you're putting in your body. And then secondly, it encourages you to to kind of hack it, and that's what I'm really trying to accomplish by putting the uh, you know the percentages and stuff, and empowering you to kind of mix and match and and put things together and add. Let's say you know there's no salt in something, and you want some salt. Salt is healthy. Uh, you can add salt, and you and you can kind of really build your flavor profile, and. Also importantly is you could copy our recipe, go to Whole Foods, get those ingredients, put them together, and the flavor will be completely different. And that's that's our secret. Our secret is we go to the our farmers. They're the ones that are growing these things and that, you know, um, I found that being transparent about our labeling and about what's in it is has kind of created our moat um, that, uh, you know, other spice companies that try to, you know, copy our sizzle, for example, or our sweet, spicy, our barbecue rub, you copy it. It's, it's fine. I've had customers go and copy it and they come back and they're like, it just doesn't taste the same. And that's how, uh, you can develop your, your taste and your confidence in what you're cooking. And, yeah, that's so. I think that's really important to to understand is what you're putting in, and that you can control it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk about some specific spices. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna start with the one that um, to me was the most surprising, and that was cinnamon. So, um, one yeah. of the things that we found in our research uh, and following some um, some um, some research trials that have been conducted, uh, clinical trials on different spices and how they affect blood sugar is that uh, cinnamon has mm-hmm. an effect on blood sugar. I went out and bought uh, cinnamon from the store. It tasted like cinnamon, the only way I know cinnamon tastes. Uh, then I decided to get um, a more concentrated form of cinnamon, so I ordered some things off of Amazon. A little bit better. I tried some cinnamons that were from Saigon. Mm-hmm. Didn't know there were two different kinds. So yeah. when I got cinnamon from Convivial Spice, I opened it up. And first thing that shocked me was the color. It was not that deep orange that um, that I'd seen in other cinnamons. It was like a, a lighter orange color. The next thing was the aroma. It was much more subtle. Uh, than, mean, uh, orange or, or brown? Maybe brown, like like yeah. a beige tan. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, 
I'm not good with colors. So maybe <laughs> I'm good with taste. Uh, yeah, maybe it's like a, it's a tan, a light tan color, like nothing I've ever seen in a store when I've bought cinnamon or from that Amazon pack. And so I started to do some research and realized that you are using Ceylon cinnamon, not the um, cassia cinnamon that we find almost exclusively in stores. Can you tell me a little bit about the difference between those two and why you decided to go with the Ceylon cinnamon? Absolutely. So there are two kinds and the cassia is kind of what you'll find. uh, You know, if you go to Starbucks and get something and they put cinnamon on it, it'll probably be the cassia. It's cheaper. Uh, It tends to run a little hot, like, you know, almost like a, uh, you know, it's got a more uh, hotter flavor, and you know, like when you think of uh, big red uh, gum, you know that mm-hmm. uh, cinnamon. That's that's the kind of uh, flavor they're trying to replicate of the cassia. But the cassia also has uh, a little more irritants, and it, it can affect uh, your 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 digestive tract and and kind of. There was a few years ago a viral sensation of uh, the teaspoon challenge where you eat a teaspoon of cinnamon. You can't do it. And when I was a kid, it was taking the toothpicks and soaking them in like a cinnamon oil that you create, right? That was like a big thing. But yeah, it was all about the heat. Like how much heat can you stand, right? And so the Cylon, though, is sweeter. And it's much more delicate, uh, but... It, it, it's got, it, it's just, there's something just That's wonderful. interesting. You, you, something that's great. You said sweeter. Maybe that's why I'm so drawn to it is that I'm omitting added sugar from everything. And there's a sweet component mm-hmm. to the Cylon cinnamon. And maybe that's why I'm drawn to it. Cause it adds back that sweet component without adding sugar at the same Ex- time. Exactly. And it's kind of the, the cinnamon that you think of when you think of the warmth of a dessert or something, you know, of that. And yeah, absolutely. And, and when I opened it, the other thing I noticed after the color was just the aroma. There was like a, a floral kind of aroma to it a little bit and maybe even like an earthiness behind the floral notes. It was almost like smelling a wine. I was like so intrigued. Every time I walked by the kitchen, I kind of went over, <laughs> mm. opened up the, the bottle of cinnamon, just took like a, a sniff because it was it was so fascinating to me. Like, wow, this is this is a whole different world. I, I yeah. I could spend a lot, a lot of time, really. I, mean, I don't know. I don't think I'll quit data and get into spices. Um, <laughs> but it's like intriguing because there's a whole world out there in yeah. the spices. One thing was, I wanted to talk. Go ahead. Yeah. And so what we do with our cinnamon is that we source it from a farmer in Hawaii, and uh, for us, again, finding it domestically, the importance of it is not importing it having it get stuck in, uh, in a shipping container at a port, uh, as you can see, as we know now, the difficulty in importing, uh, from overseas into the U S you know, with the ports closing because of COVID and, and things not coming in, your spices will be sitting in uh, a, a truck somewhere for, for months before you get it. So we wanted to find it locally or in the U S and, uh, a lot of things are environmentally um, – it's based on climate. And so Hawaii provides a really great climate to uh, – or certain parts of Hawaii provide a really great climate for for the cinnamon tree to grow. And the farmers that we work with, uh, they – 
you know, send us the whole bark. And so they are also very particular about not uh, growing too much and stressing the system and allowing the trees to really flourish and, and grow and uh, regenerate and provide better bark. And so then we get that physical bark uh, and grind it down. And, and then that freshness is, again, why you are able to taste what you taste because it's so fresh because it's not ground up and then another year until you get it at, at, at your table. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. Want to talk a little bit about the, some of the medical benefits of some mm. of these spices. So both types of cinnamon have a, uh, a component called coumarin in them. Mm. Um, coumarin's got all sorts of benefits, but there's also a challenge with coumarin in that there can be some toxicity. It's very, very rare that you get it. But one of the advantages to the Ceylon cinnamon, it has a much smaller quantity of coumarin than the cassia. I think uh, I read that it's um, cassia has 63 times as much coumarin in it as Ceylon cinnamon. So um, before I was very, very tentative to recommend that people put a couple of teaspoons of, of cinnamon, cassia cinnamon, in their oatmeal. Now I feel a little bit better about the Ceylon because it doesn't have um, as high a concentration of coumarin. And a lot of people confuse coumarin with coumadin. It's actually coumadin is made from coumarin. They're very close. Coumadin being the um, the blood thinner. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of medicinal qualities though, and even in, with the coumarin not in the picture, there's a lot of other benefits in cinnamon. Anti-inflammatory benefits. Um, benefits to the digestion and still some benefits in terms of stabilizing blood sugar. So these spices, not only do they help you um, create better tasting food, they also can be good for you at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. Uh, It's, it's, it's when I first started Convivial and before we were able to offer cinnamon, before we were able to source it, you know, I would, uh, I'd go to farmer's markets and present the spices. And, uh, one of the places I learned pretty quickly about the importance of the nutritional value was in the, uh, Topanga farmer's market. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, familiar with it. Yeah. And so yeah. the, uh, the, the, the people that the customers there would, would tell me and explain things to me and, and kind of say, Oh, well, this has this and that. So it, it, in like, for me, my own, only focus was on flavor and taste. But and, and for uh, those listeners that aren't from the LA area, I just kind of have to set the scene <laughs> for the Topanga Farmers Market. Topanga is um it's just outside of LA, but it's it's as if you were in another continent when you're in Topanga. It's like a whole different place. It's got a very um hippie vibe but old hippie like the the og hippie vibe in topanga canyon and the farmer's market is just like that it's it's uh it's amazing it's in the woods it's in this canyon on a road that connects part of the valley to um to the coast to malibu uh but yeah i just wanted to get people to picture where it is that you're you're at this farmer's market yeah um previewing these spices <laughs> so that's where i learned a lot about that the, the difference and that's kind of that drives us a lot and uh i, I have a question for you the yeah. difference between uh curcumin and uh 
the like it gets very confusing because curcumin is one of the key components of turmeric, mm-hmm. right? right? Which is very different than coumarin, which is not coumadin. Right. <laughs> they all sound essentially the same. Right. So okay. I was gonna thank you for mentioning that because I was going to ask about curcumin specifically turmeric. And my first of all, am I pronouncing turmeric correctly? Because I've always wondered this. There's an R before the M. In the spelling, which is why I always get spell correct happen yeah. when I'm spelling turmeric. It is T-U-R-M-E-R-I-C. So um, is it pronounced turmeric or turmeric? I am not an expert on the pronunciation. Okay. Uh, I think I, I, I call it turmeric. Okay. <laughs> but... but so the I, R is silent, and, and we'll just go with that right. because that's how I've always pronounced it. You know, Martha Stewart calls herbs herbs, and so that was another. That's another thing that you know the pronunciation could uh, could be could be viewed in two different yeah. ways. Like yeah, you, Martha Stewart <laughs> says you know herbs, and I've always <laughs> called it herbs. <laughs> yeah. uh, Martha Stewart's so. using those store bought spices. We yeah, she's been smoking that. too much with uh, Snoop Dogg. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turmeric, I wanted to ask you about turmeric because uh, that probably has the reputation of having the most health benefits of any spices, all sorts of anti-inflammatory benefits. Um, I encourage listeners to go to a site called examine.com. They're not sponsors of this show. I found it via another podcast. I think it was uh, Andy Huberman's podcast. It's a site where you just type in a spice or a supplement and you'll get all of the clinical research on that spice and then rankings for the clinical research as to how significant the findings were. Mm. It's really meant for for lay people, people that may not have the scientific background to read some of these research trials. But you put in turmeric or curcumin and you will get um, 30, 40 clinical trials, the results and a ranking of what they show and, and go for yourself and just see all the health benefits there are to, um, to curcumin, which is the key component of turmeric. I I've read, uh, a couple and mo- I've noticed that they say that the black pepper, it's important to, to grind a little bit of fresh black pepper. If you're making a golden milk, or if you really want the bioavailability, of the curcumin. Have you uh, read the same or heard the same? I have not. Um, but I'm glad that you brought that up because that's that's interesting. So everyone Google that. I'm not sure you can find that on examine.com because I'm not sure it will do something like that, like the bioavailability. Um, but that's one of the things that I tried with the turmeric was making the golden milk. If you could just maybe explain for everybody what that is, because uh, some people may not know about it. Yeah. Golden milk is, uh, you know, by itself, turmeric is, is nice, but it's, you know, sometimes some people find it hard to, to digest or just, to, you can't just, you know, now they have it in pill form, but, uh, uh, golden milk is, uh, oat milk, any type of, milk synthetic any type of milk product yeah, the milk kind of milk i drink now <laughs> yeah and, the oats, the okay whatever, whatever not milk <laughs> yeah, exactly unmilk yeah, yeah any of that uh and you you put some uh you can warm it up put some turmeric some cinnamon uh we have a blend called dessert which has a little bit of cardamom and some lovely little uh f- flavors and and it you know it helps 
uh, you get your your curcumin intake that you need to to get that infl- anti-inflammatory uh, effect, and it also tastes really nice. It's yeah, it does. Nice way it to does. Go to bed. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going. I'm going to research the black pepper, and we'll put it in the show notes if I can find some stuff on it. But hey, yeah. it uh, can't do any harm, and definitely something you should try. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, but and the. the Again, same with uh, the the cinnamon. the The freshness of that root is important, and uh, the quality of the root is important because there's turmeric of all different uh, grade levels, and we have ours tested. Um, our root tests at over seven and a half percent, which uh, f- which is much higher than let's say what you would get at Trader Joe's. <laughs> um, and that's seven and a half percent of uh, what, what? What does that number mean? Seven and a half percent curcumin I okay. think, per, uh, I, I forget how many per, how many milliliters or, you know. Got it. Got it. So it's, it's the percent, of, it's the percent of curcumin in the turmeric. Yeah. And okay, you know what? I'll send you uh, our our latest kind of results or the results from last year's harvest, um, and uh, it, it'll it'll detail kind of more of the uh, yeah yeah. I think uh, it's important for people down. to know it's it's not all created equal. It's all yeah. yeah it, it depends, and that's something that you learn as you really get into this fresh spice world. Yeah. So, Michael, to close things out, I'm I'm kind of curious as to what your favorite spice is and how you use them. Yeah, uh, I love. Uh, we have a blend called Sizzle. It's garlic, salt, pepper, parsley. That's it. Those three ingredients. <laughs> it goes on everything. Um, but in terms of a single spice that I really uh, I love, that's personal to me, is cumin. Uh, it's something I'm Egyptian uh, and growing up when I would make uh, my mom would make dinner and I would help by making the salad dressing. So that was my first foray. And so I would, the cumin was, you know, you ground it up and you, you put it in the salad dressing and it really added flavor. And over time, that's something that I, I get really excited about because you could put it on chicken, you could put it on uh, fish, uh, you can mix it together with and make a wonderful salad dressing with some herbs or herbs. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, and this year we've been working with a, it's taken us over four years to grow it here in California. And uh, we have the only U.S. grown uh, cumin available. Again, it's a it's a victim of of globalization, and uh, although it's the number three spice in the world, and uh, yeah, you know, it's a, you, you when you taste cumin, it's going to remind you of uh, some Mexican dishes. It's going to remind you of some curries in Indian food. It's going to remind you of some Middle Eastern dishes. Like I use it in Persian rice. I use the seed. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. it's just a wonderful flavor, amazing yeah. flavor. Yeah, oh, that, might, that might be my new favorite. <laughs> so uh, I think you answered my next question is what we can expect in the future from Convivial. So yeah. it sounds like cumin's coming. Anything cumin's, else? Uh, yeah, we have. Uh, we just harvested our new sum, this year's sumac. Uh, but I'm really excited. We have some great hot peppers coming uh, at the end of the summer. We have this golden cayenne, which is a really fruity but incredibly hot cayenne. 
that's grown uh, near Death Valley. So it gets a lot of heat uh, during the day and it cools down at night. So it really creates a really deep uh, flavor. So I'm super excited about uh, being able to reintroduce that because we sell out really quickly um, whenever <laughs> every season. And we only have, you know, one shot a year to, to, to get it. Yeah. Well, on that note, Michael, thanks so much well, for joining us on Body Signals. You, we got to have you back. Um, how Happy. can people find you or find your spices? Sure. Uh, we're, we're available online, uh, direct to consumer. You know, we don't want it sitting on shelves, uh, getting old. So uh, convivialspice.com is uh is our website and uh that's where you can find our spices or if you're in la we're at the brentwood farmer's market on sundays <laughs> awesome yeah well i'll see you there thanks All so right. much michael Great. it was a pleasure having you thank you thank you again take care thank you for joining us today on body signals if you enjoyed today's episode please like review and subscribe to this podcast you can follow us on Instagram at Cygnos Health. And if you're interested in becoming a Cygnos member, go to Cygnos.com on the web to request early access. Until next time.